be honest, all of us have someone in our family for whom we are in fervent prayer. Hmm. This could be, uh, you know, a, a child or a parent or a sibling or a cousin, hmm. but there is someone. And, and then if you're a new parent and you're holding your child and you're rocking them to sleep at night, it used to be one of my favorite times, Ben, hmm. to pray over Absolutely. my kids as they were going to sleep and as I yeah. had these quiet moments. But prayer for your family is a big part mm. of a Christian's prayer life. And That's we right. are continuing our series here on Life Talks on prayer and and how we ought to be approaching it. And uh, my name is Dan, and I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in Metro Charlotte. Ben, prayer for your family is something that's very personal. It's 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 very at times painful. Yes. Um, and th- there are simply times in every parent's life where we've exhausted every avenue that we know Mm. of and that we then acknowledge that God, (laughs) it's up to you at this point. Yeah. I remember, um, talking to an older, I think I've shared this before, you know, when you're doing a podcast, I think we're on like episode like 400 and something like, I'm sure you could go back to episode 132 and I've said this before, Mm -hmm. but you know, we only have, you and I only have so much, you know, data in our brains. That's right. The file cabinet's (laughs) only so big. (laughs) Um, but I, I was, talking, this is about six or seven years ago, I was talking to a older, wiser pastor who's, who was a few de- decades ahead of me. And I said, hey, listen, you know, my, my kids are all get entering into the, to the high school years. You know, is there any advice you could, you would, you could give me? And he said, you know what? He said, here's, here's what I'll tell you. He said, there's three things you got to do when, you have, when you're praying for your kids who are, who are in high school. Um, number one, you got you to gotta love them unconditionally. Don't let what their behavior does to change the way you you love them. Love them 100%. Uh, number, number two, point them to Jesus. Don't point them to yourself. Don't point, point them to Jesus so that they fall in love with Jesus. And then number three, he says, you pray your socks off. Mm. <laughs> you pray your socks off. Yep. Because, I know that's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the verse is. But, but, and, I was, and I thought about that, and, and as my kids got older— yeah, you start praying your socks off, man. And I think that there's this part, there's this reality of us that when we feel like, man, I am losing control or mm-hmm. I, I there's the problems are bigger than the solutions that I have in my own mind. God, I need we need you. And so I think I think prayer is one of those things that when it comes to praying for our family, it's super it's super easy. You don't have to convince people to do it, right? So I think that's that that's that's the easy part. I think this the maybe the the bigger question is okay. So how do I pray for my family? Mm-hmm. I think that that's maybe a, a a better question to ask. Yeah, someone said to me, it feels so selfish to pray just for my family, and, and not to I, me. Yeah, not to me. <laughs> I'm so desperate. I you know I'm and at times I just feel like. Uh, I, I can't focus anybody else yeah. outside my family for this. But yeah. uh, what what is a good strategy? And and are there seasons of, of how we pray for our family? I definitely think there are seasons. I think the things that you pray for your for your you know, like you said, those those toddler years is is going to be different than when they are in high school or college. You know, one of the things that I remember my mom telling me was, you know, once she started having grandchildren, she just said. You know, I used to think that when you left the house, I would I would stop worrying about you or caring, caring about you, but now I just care about more people. Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality. Like, we never stop caring for our children. We never stop caring for their the, the spouses that they marry or the, the grandchildren that we have. We just kind of expand the the amount of things we we carry burdens for. Um, so so I, I do think that there are different times. But, you know, I want to start really with 
the biblical examples that we, because if you're saying, well, what biblical examples do we have of people praying for their family? And, and really there's, there's, these aren't necessarily all quote unquote prayers, but you see the, the parental role, spiritual role in it, in a child. So like Abraham, uh, that never says that he prayed, but his servant uh, prayed for God to find favor to find him a spouse. I think praying for a spouse is something uh, is really important. So you see Abraham's servant do that. God grant me favor today, so that I might find a spouse for for my master's son. That's really really important. Um, you see Hannah. Hannah was someone who, you know, we find her in the first Samuel, and she's at the tabernacle, and she's just pouring her heart out to to the Lord. And it is so deep that Eli thinks that she's drunk. But what is she praying for? She's praying for a child. Mm. Um, We see David uh, after his sin with Bathsheba. He has a child. Nathan confronts him. And his son, that is, God says, this child will die. Uh, David prays and fasts, you know, for multiple days to save the, the, for the health of his child. Um, you also see him pray for Solomon, First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, for God to bless his future future job in in, in life. Um, but the, probably the passage of scripture that it doesn't use the word prayer, but Job chapter one verse five, it talks about Job's role as as the spiritual leader in his home. It says this, and when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. So you see this act of, you know, this this family priest in a way that who who's going to go before the Lord for his children because saying, maybe in their partying lifestyle, they may have said something or done something. And so God, I'm just praying that you would intervene in their life, have mercy on them, work in their hearts. And I, I think that's the role that really as parents, what Job is doing that that we have the opportunity to do is saying, God, pray, I'm praying for the spiritual life, for the relationship that my children have on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And I'm just praying that God that you would remove anything that they are doing that is going that that would be against you. Mm. And so uh you see other things not necessarily prayer but you see you know Jairus going to Jesus because of his daughter's illness. You have the Syrophoenician woman going to Jesus not necessarily praying but seeking the Lord for healing. So you see um some of these themes that you see throughout scripture praying for our kids for healing, praying for our our Praying, just praying for children. You see that a lot. That God would answer the the prayer requests of people to have children. Praying for the spiritual state of our children. Praying for the future spouses and the future of our children. So these are all themes that they make sense to us. We would pray for those things even today. But we see those modeled in Scripture, and so I think letting Scripture be our model. Those are the things that I think that God wants us to pray for for our kids. Indeed, indeed. You know, one of the things that I think also is important is we let our children know that mm. we are praying for them. Yeah. Um, th- there are multiple times. You know, my my mother had a rule for me that 
uh, whenever I came in uh, and I had a curfew. Mm -hmm. But when I came in, I still needed to come in and let her know that I had come in. Yes. Because she wasn't going to sleep until I was right, where right. I was supposed to be. And kids don't understand that. No, no, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> until they have kids. And yes. Then they understand it yeah, very they understand clearly. understand it, yeah. So, but I can remember on multiple occasions that I would go into my mother's bedroom to say goodnight to her and see her kneeling beside the bed. And mm. I knew she had been praying for me or was praying for yeah. me at that time. Yeah. But not only that, my mother told me every day, here's what I pray for. My mother told me for years that she was praying for my future spouse. Mm. Uh, e even at the point where I still thought girls were icky. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she said, you know, someday you're going to... Dan, gonna you're 21. <laughs> you need to start caring about girls. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, you did go to an independent Baptist school. Dan. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which the reputation of, of independent Baptist is horrible in that department. I will oh, also add. Gee. But, but here, you know, the, the, the thing I do think that you know, there's an accountability to know you're being prayed for. Mm. You know, my 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 parents told me that they prayed that God would use me in some way. Yeah. And and while I didn't, you know, people say, well, don't tell your kids that they'll feel pressured. I never really felt pressured. Mm -hmm. uh, but I I felt covered. And, That's and, a great and, word. And I, th I think, you know, letting, letting our kids understand that we view parenting not simply as a biological construct uh, or even a relational construct, but a spiritual construct 100%, as well. hundred percent, yes. Um, and they may not appreciate that, understand it, comprehend it at any level until they too pick up their little one. And there's a spiritual covering we know the Bible talks about that, that Christian parents have yeah. over children. And yeah. so there's this idea of... of you know, the responsibility, the covering that we give to to children and until they're out on their own. But I think there's there's a spiritual authority that parents have over children that we should not just minimize or we shouldn't just say, well, you know, the the pastors or the the children's directors or Sunday school teachers, like, you know, I'll let them in. No, no, there's, there's a spiritual covering, spiritual authority that we have over our children and we need to exercise it. And prayer is one of those ways that we do that. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you another angle on the same question is that, you know, rare is the, is the parent today mm -hmm. who does not at some point have a wayward child, mm. a child who is straying from truth, who is straying, yeah. it's breaking your heart in, yeah. in all honesty. Yeah. How sh specifically should we be praying for, for those children? Mm. Yeah. I mean, to me, I always believe that you pray. I I, pr I pray two things when when I, when or two things come to mind when I think of those kinds of issues. Number one, pray that they would not get away with anything. Mm. I I honestly believe that we need to be praying that God, you would catch my kids mm -hmm. if they're doing something they catch should. Catch them early before it's catch yeah. them early. That's something I've always prayed, God, bring sin to light. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing we want is our kids to go down a road further than they than they need to go or they should go. And I think it's really important, God, please rescue them early if they're going if they're making bad decisions. The, the second thing is I just pray that they would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Because this idea of repentance, you and I, I mean. Kids can feel bad. They can, you know, have a moment of, I, I feel, you know, did they feel bad because they got caught, feel bad because of what they did? And so the biblical understanding of repentance, uh, it's the Greek word metanoia in the New Testament, means a complete change of mind. It literally means that that my mind is, has gone from thinking one way, and now I think something completely differently. And the Spirit of God is the only one that can do that. 
And so at some point we can have influence and we can instruct and we can point to, and we can teach and we can do all the, we can model, but it's going to take an encounter with, with the Holy Spirit if our, if our children are truly going to change. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's why for me, when I pray, I'm like, God, you have to encounter them. Now it's up to them to respond, right? They can either reject the Holy Spirit, harden their heart, or they can submit to the Holy Spirit. But I just pray, I pray those two things, that God would expose all evil and that God would catch them, uh, but that also that they would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit that would be life-changing. And so I think if those are those are two things that I would, you know, there's that moment that the prodigal son has, it says, and he came to himself. <laughs> and I just think that's the thing, that's what I'm talking about. We're praying for God, let let my child come come to their senses of mm-hmm. what's going on, mm-hmm. and you're the only one that can make that happen. Yeah. So though that's just the the two things that come to my mind. Yeah. No, the one other thing I have found myself praying over the years is for and against. I pray for my kids, yes. but I also pray against yes. the the things. You know, I've literally prayed, and you know, I probably haven't told my kids this, but sometimes they they'd be in a romantic interest that, you know, with someone oh, I didn't I think was hel- healthy for them. And I would say, God, would you, would you please let him fight? Would you please let him be miserable with each other? Would you please <laughs> oh, let, let her think he's disgusting? Yes, and, yeah, we have prayed that. Yeah. yeah. Liz and I, we've definitely prayed for our kids to break up with people. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've prayed, you know, when they go off to school, that's, a, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the influence of one professor or one teacher yeah. uh, can, can be life altering. Yes, that you know that uh, that classroom connection that sometimes happens, whereupon that teacher, professor, whatever becomes the smartest person this this kid has ever met, That's right. um, and and then all of a sudden they lead them in a completely contrary way to the way yeah. you you set for them. Yeah. So I I, pr- I pray for that. I pray yeah. that they won't won't enroll in the wrong classes. Yes. That, that they won't like the things that are attractive to so many in their peer yes. group. Yes. And and um and and again I I think we ought to be mindful of of the spiritual warfare that that Satan has Absolutely. against Christian families. 100%. I, I wrote down 10 things really quickly in the last remaining moments. I'm just going to read these 10 things of things that as I have been praying for my kids over the years, these are the things that I, I continually pray for. Um, and this is not an exhaustive list, but this is the list of top 10 things that I pray for uh, that that I keep coming back to. That's why it's my top 10. Number one, salvation. Mm-hmm. That God would make it very clear, not just to us, but to them that they are saved. Uh, number two, for spiritual sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Number three, for friends, that God would put good friends in their life. Number four, that they would have clarity on the future direction and calling in their life. I think there's so many young people that do not understand why they're here, the purpose of their life, or what what they're you know what they're supposed to do, and so a lot of young people are just kind of meandering through life, and that God would give them a real sense of direction and calling. Um, number five, protection against the world and the devil, understanding that there is you just talked about that there is going to be an assault on them. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy your family, your children. So for spiritual protection around them, uh, for them to overcome the flesh, that it's not just the world and the devil after them. They've got they've got their own personal flesh that has desires that they would be able to, in the name of Jesus, overcome all their flesh. Um, praying for wisdom, that God would bless them with an understanding that they wouldn't be fools, mm. book of Proverbs, but they'd be wise. They would know how to apply 
the principles of God's word. Um, pray for a future spouse. Mm-hmm. God, break that, break that couple up, you know, or I pray that, you know, cause dissension between those two or God just in the right timing, bring the right person, mm. right? Um, number nine, the fruit of the spirit. God, pray that the seeds of your spirit would bear fruit in their lives, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. And then the last thing I pray for my kids is humility. Mm. Because if they, listen, you and I both know humility covers a multitude of flaws. If you are humble, you will go far in life because you're always going to be learning and growing. You're never going to be obstinate. You're never going to stop. You know, I, I know enough. When you're humble, God will be able to work with you. And I think th- those are the 10 things I, I continually am praying for me, Liz, and, and my three kids. Yeah. There's a couple I would add to it, or maybe one that has two sides to it. But I, I also pray regularly a whatever it takes prayer. Oh, that's good. And I like that. the whatever it takes prayer involves me saying, Lord, whatever it takes for you to be able to reach and maintain hmm. my children's walk with you, mm-hmm. would you be willing? Would you do it? And that includes do with me whatever needs to be done with mm. me in order for them to be right with you. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the notion that we would be willing to die for our kids is is a physical response that every parent, I think, hopefully has. Yeah. Um, but you know, spiritually, uh, I'm far more important, uh, far more engaged and concerned about my kids' spiritual health than their physical health That's or right. my physical That's health. That's right. And, and so um, the whatever it takes, because, you know, the Bible tells us children are heritage. They're, they're a legacy gift. They're, they're, you know, they're a gift directly from God. Mm. And so we, we pray these things for our, our kids. Um, any last thoughts on I, I just, with the last few minutes that we have left, one thing I do want to say is, I do think it's also important. I know we've touched on this in other previous episodes, but I, I just think it's another opportunity for me to say this. Pray as a family together. Mm-hmm. Pray with your, don't just pray for your family, pray with your family. I remember Dan growing up um, and my my parents, we'd have family devotions. And even if you feel like I can't teach the Bible, you can at least sit together and pray. And one of the things we would do as a kid, when I was a kid, my mom would paint these little, they look like coasters but she would paint them on these prayer requests. So we would pray for people. We pray. I remember praying for this. It's so funny. I was talking to um, one of our uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Metzger out after the missions event, and we were talking about something with Togo. And the, she, when she was younger, she went and did like some kind of missions trip there. And I was like, as a young boy, I prayed for that that hospital to be built. I remember as a mm. as a child, my dad prayed for this. Missionary Hospital we built, ABWE. And I, as a child, I remember getting the little square and praying over that. And it's just, these are things that it was tangible. I could hold it and we would, we, we, my mom would have this little basket. We'd all take turns picking up the little discs and and we would pray for different things, nationally, internationally, um, for our church, for our family. And, you know, might have like 25 different car, you know, coasters in there that she had painted on what to pray for. But I just have that vivid memory etched in me to th- to say I'll never forget that time. I'll never forget the family, our family gathering together almost every day, and we'd have prayer time together. And there's something about praying together as a family that will knit your hearts together in a way that that no vacation, no no experience, <clears throat> n- nothing else will than mm. the family that prays together. So that that that's my final. Uh, recommendation and encouragement. Yeah. And by the way, one of the things that 
that I've taught for years, taking my family discipleship courses, is praying together as a family is how our children learn to pray. Exactly. Um, I can 100%. always tell when I hear children praying whether or not they're from a praying family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're kids, I, I sometimes say they're, they're praying way above their heads uh, because they're, they're <laughs> They've heard. emulating yeah. what their parents say. They use adult phraseology yeah. and, 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 you know, the unique cadence, I think, that evangelicals yes, sometimes yes. get. But I'm always pleased when I see that because I yeah. know they are being exposed to prayer. Yeah. And so much of the Christian life and journey is, is learned at home. It's learned yes. around the dinner yes. table. It's learned in conversation yes. as we walk by the way, as we sit yes. down, as we rise up, as we lay down. And so those are important things. So praying for a family ought to be a priority. It ought to be something that all of us are doing. And uh, if your kids are grown, you know that that only just calls for double prayer. That's right. And so thank you so much for listening to us as always at Life Talks. And I hope that you will make sure that uh, you share us with your friends. Let others know about this podcast. You can always ask us questions or offer suggestions at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. And until next time, thanks as always for listening to Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.